Hello, gentlemen. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I am the guy who does this. I'm founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. I love it. I enjoy it. It's a natural outcry of my own desire to know God better, to know my Heavenly Father as He truly is, to walk with Jesus as He commands, to do the things I ought to do, to not do the things I ought not to do. I desperately want to know Jesus better. As the psalm says, I pant for him like a deer pants for for streams of living water. And I really, really, really want to know Jesus better. And one of the ways I do that is by digging into the Word and studying it and talking to other men, men of God who know and love the Father and who are living out masculinity and manhood in their own lives. Men after God's own heart. And that's what this episode today is, this interview with Pastor Mark Parsons. Uh, he's a pastor up at Faith in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. But he's also the curator and the head, the big dog, the the head honcho over at Bread for Beggars Ministry. Um, it's a great resource for all kinds of things. But he's going to talk to you about that in just a couple of minutes. If you, uh, if you, when you listen to this episode, you're going to hear a lot of people talking in the background and things like that. That's because we recorded it while we were together at the men of his word conference up in appleton uh nope up in oshkosh a few weeks ago it was a wonderful pleasure to be there at the men of his word conference i uh, really enjoyed um, seeing men there and and getting to go getting to know some men better that i i genuinely do love and respect and also to be able to connect with a bunch of new guys a bunch of new people um new men who hadn't ever interacted with the podcast before and so just a wonderful blessing and opportunity to be there. It generally was a joy to see any of you that I did see. Um, really cool stuff going on and really great things happening. Um, not the least of which, it was an awesome conversation with Pastor Parsons. Um, but you'll hear people talking in the background because we recorded it out there in the hallway while people were walking by. Uh, this was a cool environment to record in. I think a lot of people saw it and were curious. And hopefully, hopefully they'll dig into the podcast then as well. This episode of the Grid Up Podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples Podcast. Now, I am a big fan of Pastor Paul Steinberg, not just because of his podcast, but because I love him as a man. He's just a wonderful man who knows Jesus and knows the Father, and he's filled with the Spirit, and he's doing wonderful things in the city of Milwaukee. Now, five days a week, Pastor Paul Steinberg puts out a podcast. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples Podcast. And get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples po- Disciplers podcast at ChristForDisciplers.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else. That's ChristForDisciplers.com. The good Reverend Doctor uh, will appreciate your listens, but more than that, um, it'll be a great opportunity for you to be trained again with with gospel power as you go out to train the young people in your life to live out their calling as men and women of God. So go listen to the Gird Up not the ah! Go listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast on just about anywhere you can find a podcast. I promise it will fill you with gospel power to do the work you've been called to do. This episode is also sponsored by the Iron Men of God conference. Now Men in our world today, Christian men in particular, face many challenges in our increasingly post-Christian world. One of the most important challenges Christian men face is defining what it means to be a Christian man living in this world. 
Iron Man of God, formed in 2014 by a group of laymen from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Exonia, Wisconsin, works to address this challenge through the Iron Man of God Men's Conference. Each year, Iron Men of God's Men's Conference uh, has speakers who help attendees sharpen and strengthen their faith by using God's Word to clearly define our roles as husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders in our families, churches, and communities. Attendees are also encouraged in their faith by fellow brothers in Christ. So we would enjoy, we would love it if you join us for our conference this year and be strengthened and encouraged in your faith as well. Because as iron sharpens iron, so the Proverbs say, one man sharpens another. This year, the 7th Annual Men's Christian Conference, sponsored by the Iron Men of God, takes place on Saturday, March 21st, 2020, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at St. Paul's Lutheran School in Exonia, Wisconsin. Now, if you go to ironmenofgodwi.org, you'll find all the information you need. You'll be able to register right there. We would love it. If you would join us, you'll enjoy a delicious catered lunch and worship with your brothers in Christ, as well as hearing several wonderful men of God speak about what it means to be a man of God in the modern world. High school and college-aged men can register for free this year. So go get it done, gentlemen. Sign up for the Iron Men of God Conference. I can't wait to see you there. If you want to hear your own ministry, your own conference, your own group, your own church, whatever it is sponsored by, or you want to hear them advertised for on the Gird Up podcast, feel free to let me know. Reach out to me. Connect with me. All that information is at the end of the podcast. Let's get on with today's show with Pastor Mark Parsons. And keep in mind that we were recording in a hallway with men of the word walking around, going from one group to the next. Also, I'll point out that we got cut off a little bit at the end, um, so there is a little bit of a cutoff, an abrupt cutoff at the end of the podcast. Um, but we thank Pastor Parsons for the time that we had together. It was a blessing and always a joy to have him on the show. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, long time coming here. Special guest yes. on the podcast today, Pastor Parsons from uh, Faith in Fond du Lac, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Bread for Beggars and many other things, right? Those, those keep me busy, yes. All right. So, first of all, disclaimer, we are sitting at the Men of His Word conference right now. It's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so you already did your session. I did, yeah. yeah. And uh, we've t- been talking to a lot of guys about our various ministries throughout the morning. So, now we get a chance to sit down and podcast a little bit. Which is exciting. It exciting is. Exciting and fun. So we're, we're, tell us a little bit about yourself here first. Yeah, so I have the privilege of serving as the pastor of school and family ministry at Faith in Fond du Lac. Been there a little over six years now. Um, just had my six-year anniversary there last week. Um, this year I am really just focused on finding intersex for how we can truly partner with our parents in our congregation. Um, For many years, that has been our school's mission statement is Faith Lutheran School partners with parents in preparing students for life and eternity. And the partnership 
has been there, but we're really looking to find ways to equip and encourage parents to truly partner with us. So that's just been a mm. huge focus of the last couple of years. Um, and then on the side, I have a hobby ministry, I guess you would call it, um, kind of like yours here, um, called Bread for Beggars. It is a multimedia ministry that exists to share God's glory through sight, song, and story. And so I think that's one of the ways we got um, connected to each other. Yeah. And this, as you mentioned, this interview has been a long time coming. I think we've we've canceled a couple times, yeah, tried we, to set it up. Like we, we scheduled it for a year ago to, today, today yeah, ish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, never quite happened. Yeah. So glad to see you again. It's fun to interact every time we do. Yeah, so. it is. Awesome. So uh, what what exactly is Bread for Beggars? Yeah, so really it, it started about 10 years ago as a way in which I could share really the, the music videos that I was using in my teen group. So I had come across a, a wonderful visual artist named Chris Powers, um, has a ministry called Full of Eyes. And at that time, he was creating animated music videos. So he would take an awesome Christian song, um, illustrate it, and then animate it, and a lot of really neat topics that were covered. And I started using those with my youth group, would write a Bible class based on it, and some of the fellow pastors said, hey, can you share those with us? I was shooting emails or texting it. And eventually they said, hey, you should just put this on a website. So that's really how it started. Like that first year, like 50% of the content was Chris Powers music videos. Um, from then, um, we have been really growing to be a ministry that features um, stories, music, and visual arts. And every year we've been adding new blog writers, new musical contributors, new artist contributors. And we're finally, this summer, having, after 10 years, a festival that was really the dream that we had many, many years ago, to bring together the best Wells artists, musicians, and storytellers to just share God's glory through sight, song, and story. So 10 years has been a lot of work getting ready for this, but this summer we've got 15 different musical groups that'll be there, a bunch of visual artists, some awesome pastors and lay people that are storytellers. And so that's what Bread for Beggars is. Um, right now, if you go there, you'll see... A variety of content, everything from a series on Christlight that most of our schools use for their um, Bible curriculum. My wife writes a, a weekly blog post on that. We've got people writing about depression. We've got people writing about superheroes and Star Wars. Um, really a lot of pop, pop culture content. So yeah, That's, that's what we're doing. Cool. So how do you identify like who's going to be on? Uh, do you have like a process of like, like how do you figure out who's going to be on your website and who's yeah. not? And so, really, for contributors, we try to keep it to members of the Wells. Okay. Um, and any of the content, though, that we are curating, and that's really my primary role, is to be a curator, to have content submitted from all over Christendom, and then we kind of sift through it and say, you know what, does this line up with our Lutheran theology and just good gospel-centered content to begin with? Yeah. And also a high quality of content. Mm -hmm. We're not just going to take everything. You know, I've had people send me artwork that, you know, uh, the theologically it was fine but content wise or just the professionalism of it wasn't there and so we try and have everything that's on there very high quality yeah and so yeah it's just a curated process we, we look at it we analyze it for theology but also for its professionalism yeah who are some of your favorites that you got on there right now yeah so, so right besides now, the Gerda podcast of course the, the, the Gerda podcast <laughs> yeah so I, I would say it. I, I want to give a shout out to Pastor Luca Italiano um, he is a, a very gifted writer and communicator who um, has probably been one of our most faithful writers over the years. Um, last year, he spent every single week writing about depression. Um, uh, as a pastor, he struggles with depression himself, and that has just been a, a series that really connected with people, um, talking about mental health 
um, in sermons isn't necessarily an easy thing to do, but he did it in just beautiful devotional format. Um, another one that we're really enjoying right now is just different opportunities to share um, new music that's coming out from people like Caleb Schmiege, who is a, a mm-hmm. Wells guy down in Doral, Florida. That's so, a guy that can grow a mustache he right can, there. Yeah, so you've got great hair on your face. <laughs> that guy does too. So. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so Koine is yep. is uh, affiliated. Is that the right word? Yeah, so we, we, we love what Koine Music Ministry is doing, and we try and feature their music. And Jason Jasperson mm. um, is another familiar Wells name. Um, he creates just all sorts of different types of artwork, and he's been a, a part of the Bread for Beggars community for years. This summer at the festival that we're hosting, he is working on all sorts of new um, multimedia um and sculptures and paintings. I can't wait to see what he has. Yeah. Well, I, I like the way when, when you first reached out to me, I like the way you kind of build it as like, hey, we just want to be able to bring more people to you. Yeah. Like um, this is a passion. You, you were saying like this is a passion of mine to bring people to uh, good content and you've got it. And so can, will you help us share yourself yeah. almost is the way you build it. No, I it, like that a lot. It, exactly. And for, for many years, we were just going out looking for good content and then we got wrapped up in creating content. We realized, no, we, we don't necessarily need to be content creators as much as curators. Um, a right. lot of great Wells podcasts out there, musicians, artists, we want to help them do their jobs better. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the, what is the, the, you've, we've talked about it, but what is the website yeah, specifically? Yeah, so you can just visit breadforbeggars.com. Um, easy way to follow us is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All of those are facebook.com. Bread for Beggars. We've got it for all of us. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So what What if I either I uh, would like to get my stuff in front of your eyes yeah. um, as the curator, or if I know somebody I think yeah. you'd be interested in, how do yeah. I get that to you? Yeah, definitely. You can reach out to me on the Facebook page, or you can email me at curator at breadforbeggars.com. So curator cool. at breadforbeggars. Cool. So um, you, you talked about uh, why you kind of got going here. How does that grow into what you've done now at this point? You know, like, yeah. was there, was it, was it an intentional thing to say like, you know what, I want to start doing great. Like I want to find, just put resources together or is it just kind of like, uh, you know, I, how do you get from, you know, contacting a guy about some videos that you like to, to having a festival where you're expecting thousands of people to attend? Yeah. So I, I think it really being in a position as a pastor that actually uses this content both in the grade school classroom, for adult Bible classes, and even in Sunday sermons at times. It's really given me a way of saying, here's how this content can be used in a confessional Lutheran setting. I think sometimes in the Lutheran church body, we're almost, I don't want to say scared, but fearful of using the fine arts other than music. I think music is something that has been Lutheran for for centuries. But the other fine arts, whether it's um, visual arts, storytelling, we maybe haven't done that as much. And right. So I want to help find ways to do that and do it well and then teach others how to do it too. Yeah, sweet. And just like putting it out there. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. Um, if, so really, if you can find like a two-click resource like that, yeah. it's a phenomenal thing. Yep. Cool. Very cool. Um, so you did a talk today. I did. On, on what would you, was it anxiety? Or? Yeah, so I, I was given the topic of rest. And okay. Um, really the direction that I took it in is really just looking at the reasons why we are unable to rest and really focused in on a a word, um, performacism or performancism. Um, Really the idea that even though as Christians, 
we understand that we are saved by grace alone through faith in Christ's work alone. There's still a part of us that every single day wakes up and says, I need to do more, be better, be faster, be stronger than the day before. And I think no matter where you're at in life, whether you're an eighth grade kid in the classroom or a 60 year old wrapping up your career in business, there's this idea that somehow I'm not enough. And the way that we try to be enough is by producing and performing and being more. And I really believe that that's one of the reasons why we don't know how to Sabbath, don't know how to rest in God's grace, is even though we understand that he has completed everything necessary for our salvation, functionally on a day-to-day basis, we don't live that way. And even as a pastor, I struggle with this constantly. So really just tried to use a bunch of contemporary um, characters, um, use Taylor Swift, Coach Urban Meyer, as really a, an example of ways in which people are seeking their identity through their performance mm. and then help us see ourselves through their eyes and realize I do the very same things. Right, yeah, like anytime you're putting something, something or someone else on the throne, right? Yep. Um, and what, uh, so you, you talked about Urban Meyer, so I'm, I'm a big football yeah. guy. I love college football. And that's one of the things, like Urban Meyer is one of those names, right, where um, like he's always got tons and tons of success, but somehow he just keeps like falling apart, yeah. you know, and uh, things just don't. Like, so the, I, I think I'd never done watched any interviews or anything by him or uh, where he's talking about some of the things that you talked about. But do you want to just go into that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so for, for many years, you know, he was at the top of the college football game uh, when he served with the Florida Gators in the early to, to mid-2000s. He, he was the it guy, you know, every... Yeah five-star athlete wanted to go and play for Urban Meyer. And during the 2006 to 2008 seasons, um, he pretty much didn't lose. Um, They won two national championships during that time, um, went on an incredible winning streak that really at the end of it resulted in him just collapsing. Um, Any sort of maintenance like that is, as he described it, an insatiable beast that you just keep feeding until you can't anymore. And he collapsed at the end of that season and realized that he was headed in a a very dangerous direction. Um, Resigned, took back up his job again, resigned again. And, you know, even till this day, even though he served at Ohio State over the last few years, has had a problem with performancism. Yeah, well, and and, and I think um, it's also interesting with that background knowledge, thinking about the way the media and the press covered it too. Where it was like, well, he's got this heart issue right or like he's his health isn't good but nobody's saying like he pushed too hard yep it's his mental health he wore himself out um and 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 he's been fairly open about that but um it's just interesting that they aren't necessarily like the world doesn't want to doesn't want people to think that way no you know we see him and others as this undefeatable hero and when they are brought down to our human uh, level, I think there's a part of us that says, no, we need this guy to be able to maintain this pace because then we can convince ourselves we can too. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, in this workshop really was trying to help us see the way in which the world is based on this performance idea. And we don't have to be. Um, in, in the Christian church, in really in, in our lives in general, we've got a different performance that was performed for us and so really took it to the end to the cross and Jesus words it is finished um, that we can live with every day knowing that 
even if I don't write the best sermon this week or have the best Bible class, or if the technology for my workshop at Men of His Word completely fails me, <laughs> that doesn't have to define me. And, right. and, and it easily can because we're, we're constantly looking for the next big thing to, to pat ourselves on the back. And I can go home and rest tonight knowing that, that I was faithful and I have a much more faithful God who still loves me even though my technology failed me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, I think you hit it right on the head when you say we don't want our heroes to fall, right? Yeah. Um, and there's this thing going on like where we have these conversations about like you can be anything you want to be. Like if you work hard enough, yeah. you can blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And if that's not true, then... I must, you know, like, there's a spiritual aspect to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we don't want to face, uh, really what we're facing is our own mortality. Mm-hmm. The fact that sooner or later we're going to run out of time, yeah. that we're going to run out of talent, that we're going to run out of ability, that we're going to run out of, and, and what happens when we reach the end of it, you know? Like, there are, think about people that are sitting on their couch at home and just, like, they don't do anything, right? Yeah. And what are they always saying? Like, well, I could if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I could I, if I, I could wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I could run a marathon well, tomorrow if I wanted to. The fear is, what if I can't? Yeah. I'm not going to, because what if I can't? What happens at the end of that? And we've got the answer to that yeah. question. Yeah. Like, at where I fail, where I come finally come up short, I've got an answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a Savior who covers over it all. Yeah. He promises he's going to lift me up on wings like eagles. I won't strike my foot against a stone. Mm-hmm. Even when young men grow tired and weary, yeah. those who walk with the Lord... You know, renew their strength, there. right? There is no, like, where we reach the end, it's just the beginning of God's love and mercy and grace. Yep. But people who don't know that, they're not going to go sail that ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a terrifying thing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how do, you, how, do you, how do we make that shift then? What's the step? What's the next yeah. steps there on that? You know, I, once part, we recognize part of, it. Part of the step is just repentance. It is realizing that for so long I have been running the the race of life based on my own skills and in an essence trying to trying to earn my own salvation whatever that looks like on that day and it is resting in the rest that was provided for us 2000 years ago by our savior and every single day when we are working we can remember that this work is not for me that this work is to glorify the one that has already done everything for me. And that, that changes everything. You know, if, if what had happened to me in my workshop today where I had this amazing multimedia presentation had happened eight years ago, I would have been crushed for the next two months. Just like, oh, I'm a mm. failure. I put all this hard work into this thing that mm. I didn't even get to share. Mm. But now I'm like, you know what? I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was still able to share my faith with these mm-hmm. men today. And so it's, it's those types of things where when you succeed or when you fail you don't fall into depression or into this pharisaical self-righteousness yeah. and again it's it's back and forth of repentance you know there every single day i have to be taken to the cross and then be forgiven of my sins and built up again in christ yeah so i'm gonna keep pushing on that well how do we get to that point you know is it just like praying about it over and over again um, like, so I just seen in myself the frustration often of when I come to a realization like, hey, I'm wasting a lot of money. I'm not being a good steward. And then, you know, money starts getting spent. I start spending money, I guess <laughs> is the right way to say that. And you get frustrated with yourself. Like, how do you like that's another one. This is a similar situation to that, I think, where you you look around and you say, all right, this is the reality about myself right now. It needs to change. Is it just prayer? Like, well, how do you get to that next level, if you will? Yeah. And so really all of the things we've been talking about with performance or with, you know, wealth, whatever it is, it does come down to 
really the core parts of being a human, where, where we, we long for an identity, we long for purpose, and we long for belonging. And really all three of those greatest needs that we have as human beings are met in God. And until we find our identity, that I don't identify first as a pastor or first as a curator of Bread for Beggars, but first as a child of God, that will not permeate into the rest of your life. When your identity is in what you do rather than who you've been made in Christ, your day-to-day basis is going to be living for the things of this world. Same when it comes to purpose. Until you live as that child of God, again, your purpose will be to chase after the pleasures and the trinkets and the trophies of this world rather than what you've already been given in your baptism. And, And then same with belonging too. You know, ultimately, all of the reasons why we strive to be better than the rest is we want to belong. And when Christ says to you and to me and to everybody, the only group that you need to belong to, you already belong to. And and that's a part of the communion of saints um, that will be here for everlasting. Uh, When you understand that that is a community that I don't have to work hard to stay in, that's not a community that's going to drive me away if today I failed, um, that changes everything. That that changes the social groups you're involved in, the way that you, you treat your spouse, the way that you treat your fellow coworkers, the way you treat the random person you meet on the street. If you've got all of your identity, purpose, and belonging firmly grounded in the completed work of Christ, it changes everything for you. So I I think that's exactly what I'm asking is how do you go from that lip service like, hey, I know my identity ought to be based in Christ. How do I then, how does that transition take place? Is there like a prayer, like, you know what I mean? Is there like when you read a book, they give you a prayer, you know, or like when you, when you go to a conference and you, a conference like this, right. And you go to a presentation like yours and you say, you know what? I do need to rest more. Mm -hmm. And you start talking about resting more. How do we, what do you do to get there? You know, like, um, we, we talk about it, we identify it, we know it. Um, what do we, how do you, get yourself to do it (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and and, and i think you're getting at the real struggle because you know ultimately you used the word do again which is something else that now i have to do and the, the weight of the law is again on me to get me to that next place whatever that might be and really it's getting to a point where it says it's not so much about doing as it is about being and once that identity in Christ is there, it's not going to be perfect every day. You know, I still wrestle with performancism and will until the day that I die. But I can rest at night knowing that even when I failed, I can rest in peace now. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, to answer that question simply, it's not, it's not giving yourself another to-do list. Because that just becomes one more little L law in life that says, well, now I need to do this in order to, to be sanctified. No, I, I think it's it's more resting in the completed work of Christ. And how do we how do we get ourselves to that? That's where, you know, the concept of Sabbath, as Martin Luther understands it, is, you know, the Sabbath is about allowing ourselves time to be in the presence of God and his word on a regular basis. Because it's there that we learn to trust in him. It's there that we learn that he is kind and generous and powerful and loving. You know, think back to the, the Old Testament when God first gave 
the Sabbath day to the people. Um, it's just a, a really crazy time in their life where they have been slaves for hundreds of years, and now their wanderings in the wilderness have just begun. And God tells them, oh, one day every week, I want you to stop and just worship me. Don't work and just worship me. How hard that would have been for them because um, they (laughs) were like the rest of us. Don't even cook. Don't don't even cook. And then he gives them manna. And he says, every day, go out and get just enough for this day. And then one day each week on the day to prepare for the Sabbath, get twice as much. And right away, he tells the stories about, well, there were people that went out on the Sabbath, and guess what? There was no manna. <laughs> or the people that gathered so much that they couldn't eat it, and there was maggots in it the next day. Ultimately, what God was doing with the Sabbath is what he does to us in the New Testament, too, with the concept of rest, is teaching us to trust in him. To trust enough that the same God that provided manna and quail in the wilderness for his people then will provide my daily bread for me and my family. And now, does he use means today to do that? Does he give me a job? And does he give me a checking account? Does he give me a grocery store? Um, when, when I talk to the kids in catechism class about um, give us this day our daily bread in the, the Lord's Prayer, I always ask them, well, back in the Old Testament, that looked like God literally dropping bread on them in the <laughs> wilderness. But how does he do it today? And we, we start that process of saying, well, you know, he gives my parents a job. Okay, what happens at the job? Well, they work. And then they get a paycheck. And what do they do to that paycheck? They go to the grocery store and they buy food. Where did that food come from? It came from a farm. Where did the farmer get the food? It came from the ground. Where did the food from the ground come? It came from God. And you just trace that whole thing. And it teaches you even today that God provides for you through means. And it teaches you to trust and to rely on God. And every single day, there's that tension there between trusting in self and trusting in God. And so ultimately, that's that's why we come and Sabbath. That's why we go to worship. That's why we spend time in God's word is so that that trust in him can be built by him to be stronger. And again, we, we know that our faith in Jesus is what saves, not the quantity or the quality of it, but what we believe in. But it's it's when we deal with the storms in life, when we deal with the struggles in life, we want to have that stronger faith so that we don't get shaken. Right, exactly. Um, I think it's recognizing the role of the law. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, we talk about this in catechism all the time, you know, with, you know like the law shows me my sin, yep. the gospel shows me my Savior. And that's true. And it's, and it's a good, simple you know, way to teach a kid about um, the law. But there's a much, like, there's an entire book of Romans yep. written about our relationship with the law. And um, when Paul talks about you know, Christ being born under the law to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons there's a change in identity and um like like you said when we talk about all this stuff is like i gotta do this and i gotta be that that's the law and the law no longer condemns me because i have a savior you know that's that's where um that's where jesus comes in where it's no longer laws driving my life it's promises that are driving my life and when i choose to let the law um, determine my steps, I also choose then not to let the promises yeah. you know, reign. And that's where the freedom comes from. Yep. I'm giving up my freedom and selling myself as a slave again yeah. um, to something else. It, it is. There's you know, that, that constant, like, I've been set free from the law, and now I'm going to go and look for a bunch of new ones. What? Why would you go back under that weight when you've been set free from it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I, I, I've been a slave to death mm-hmm. and to sin since the moment I was conceived. Mm-hmm. And now Christ comes to me and says, no, man, yep. I've been your substitute. I was a slave so that you wouldn't have to be. 
Now go live in freedom. And we go, all right. But what do I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> but what do you mean free? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we just keep going in circles on yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So what does a rest day look like for you? You know, a, a rest day for me, you know, I enjoy reading. I enjoy running. And even though those are still activities, they're the way that, that I unwind. And, yeah. and when I'm out running great distances, that's my time of introspection, time of prayer. I'll stop sometimes on my way back and just walk. Um, love spending time with my kids. Uh, you know, what's interesting over the, the last few Saturdays, um, that's usually my day off. I've been working on getting ready for this presentation. So it's kind of funny that I didn't rest to, to teach about rest. Um, yeah. So this afternoon, I look forward to going back and just spending time with my kids. We love watching good television series together and talking about the, the Christian applications in those. And that, that's that's where I unwind. Yeah, and that's a big passion for you too, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I, and you've talked in the past about, um, to, even at, at places like this and conferences like this, about um, the, the idea of we don't need to shut off our TVs and hide. Yeah. Um, we need to explore the real real world. So why don't we lean into that a little yeah, bit? Um, yeah. you, this is something you're very passionate about, I understand. Definitely, yeah. Um, is uh, TV yeah. and, and media and having it take a rightful place in our lives. Yeah, yeah so t- today, you know, just to use a couple of examples from the, the presentation that I gave on rest, um, really for me, studying God's Word has been obviously the place where I've learned the most about rest. But as I watch television and movies and listen to music, there, there's a way in which sometimes I'll see something in that that will connect to something that I've been studying. And so over the last few years, as I've personally wrestled with rest, there have just been a, a great number of times where something happened that made me see the error of my own ways in, in a different way than any sermon ever could have. Um, the one example that I, I didn't really get to um, drill into today was um, the movie that came out a couple of years ago, um, the Greatest Showman, loosely mm. based on the the life of P.T. Mm-hmm. Barnum, and mm-hmm. when I watched that movie, I, I loved the music, I loved the dancing, the choreography. It was all beautiful. But I sat there on a Saturday afternoon with my three kids. My wife was gone at a conference that weekend, and it was really the first time I had spent quality time with my kids in several months. And I sat there watching this man who was just consumed by the glory of the shining lights, wanting to be better, wanting to to prove people wrong about himself. As I sat there and saw him, I saw myself. And I literally cried in the movie theater. Not because the movie was so you know, tear-jerking, because it brought me to a place of repentance. And I think that is a powerful thing that, that media can do um, if it's used right. And so um, today I was planning to, to show a clip from that where at the end, in kind of one of the big finale songs, um, P.T. Barnum's character is saying, from now on, he's singing, from now on, I will not be blinded by the lights. From now on, he's really talking about his family. He's looking at a photograph of his family saying, you know what, I'm going to go back to serving them instead of serving myself. And as I heard that song, it was less of a song about like the relationship with my family, but more, you know, I was, I was singing it as a prayer to my God. Like from now on, I won't be blinded by the lights. I want to return home to you, return home to you. And just when our people know God's word enough, they'll be able to make those connections themselves. They don't need a pastor like me saying, oh, when you watch the show, you'll learn this. No, they'll experience that themselves. Um, happened again um, last year. I was up here in Appleton watching the incredible musical Hamilton and watching the story of Alexander Hamilton as it's told in this stage format did, did a very similar thing to me. 
where I was just watching this man that was absolutely obsessed from bringing himself up from nothing to being this great man. All I could think about is that, that's what I do too. I, I, I'm at it nonstop. I'm saying to myself, I got to take my shot. I don't want to give it up. You know, all of the songs that were just repeated over and over in that, I thought, you know what? These aren't Christian songs, but these are teaching or in a sense preaching a law message. And I guess that's the part of the, the tension with media that, that I see is often, in a sense, what's happening in culture and in, in movie making and television making is they get the law and in a way to connect it to the viewer in a way that maybe we don't even from the pulpit or from a, a classroom. The part that's lacking, obviously, at times is the gospel. Um, they don't know the gospel, so they're not going to endow the, the show with it. And so that's really, I use television, movies, and music more as a tool to start a conversation, not to be the conversation. And so you need to bring it to Christ eventually. Some of those shows you can. Um, there's a, a show um, called Rectify that was on um, cable television for a few years about a man who had um, been wrongfully accused and convicted of rape and murder of his girlfriend. And when he gets out of prison, this is um, he gets out on a technicality, and the whole series is like as he tries to find his way back into the real world. As we've been talking about, you're, you're freed from prison now, mm. but he still has all of this background of being a prisoner, and he's even convinced himself in a sense that he did commit the crime. And so as I watch that show, um, Rectify does have a lot of gospel or grace-filled moments in it. And it was probably one of those shows where I watched and said, you know, as a pastor, you know, there were some things in it that I wouldn't approve. Um, you know, some of the rape scenes were very mm. graphic. But as a Christian pastor, I watched that and I learned a lot. So those are the types of connections that I'm constantly making as I'm watching television. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think you're right even about the law. Like they paint it like this tragic beauty you know yeah. and they like romanticize this failing life yep you know and, and to a point where you almost go like yeah i want to be like that yeah you, you know, know but i don't yeah and, <laughs> I and, and think you know about how much that, pain they're that, in that is kind of the weird thing where there's these like anti-heroes where you know we've got um breaking bad and shows like that where like it's almost glorified like being this terrible mm. awful sinner and you almost identify with them and like oh i want them to succeed and you're like no what am i doing yeah you know, yeah. So how do you determine what you're going to let your kids watch and what you don't? Yeah. And so really, you know, a couple of years ago, I got a, an awesome book um, that is a book of liturgies. And one of the liturgies in it, it's, it's called Every Moment Holy is this book. It's a liturgy to use as a prayer before you consume media. And it really says, Lord, something along the lines of, Lord, let me see the things that are beautiful as beautiful. Let me see the things that are evil as evil. And my wife and I, um, sometimes I'll just do this on my own as we're starting a new show on Netflix or Hulu. I will say that prayer, read through it, and then the very first episode, I, I go back and I look at that prayer and I say, you know what, does this line up with what I prayed about? And if I can still watch this show and not have it lead me into sin, every show has sin in it. Um, we're not going to be able to find a show on television that we watch that doesn't have sin. Otherwise, that's going to be a really boring show. Um, but... <laughs> Is the show leading me into sexual sin? Is it leading me to see things, graphic violence that's going to affect me mentally and emotionally? Um, are there things with language 
or with relationships that are just going to damage my own relationships, then I stay away from those. Um, so that's really kind of the litmus test that, that I use. And there have been. Um, a couple of years ago, I was taking a, a class for the, the master's program I'm in on theology and television. And there were a few of even the television series that we were required to watch in that where the, the professor right away said, you know what, this is not a show I'm recommending you watch the whole thing, but you need to watch this single episode. And it, I'm better for it, um, having watched that single episode. Would I watch the rest of that series? No, <laughs> um, just not a good thing. Now, out there right now is a streaming platform called VidAngel. Um, I've only used it a few times, but it's a way to stream Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, even HBO and Showtime through this filter. And you can tell it, you know what, I don't want to see any scenes with sex. I don't want to hear any language. I don't want to see violence. And it will either black out the screen or mute the volume during it. Um, just as a test, um, a few years ago, I put Game of Thrones in. I, I, I always <laughs> wanted to watch Game of Thrones, but as a Christian pastor, I'm not going to watch it. Um, but I put this in, and it says, um, 37 minutes of this episode will be in black. And I'm oh, like, geez. oh, okay. So there's a lot of stuff in this. Yeah. yeah. So, so didn't watch it. Yeah. Quick disclaimer. I don't know how long the battery's going to yeah, last. So we're going to so we'll wrap see. things up here. Um, so. uh, but uh, I, I think... Um, I mean, it's it's such a temptation, right? Just to jump in and like, you know, and, and we make this make this excuse of, you know, oh, I I can I know what I can deal with yeah. there, and you just start to your reality just gets warped, yep. right? The and um, we we often misunderstand uh, the fact that real reality is what our relationship with our Savior, yeah. um, and we start to lose sight of that, and we start to fall into this other quote-unquote reality mm -hmm. um, that's a secular world yeah. and television is one of those big things it, it is and it's so easy to convince yourself you know i'm just watching this for entertainment and it's not affecting me at all but but, mm -hmm. it, but it can and so yeah that, that's one thing that i kind of want to not leave the television thing behind because you know if you're a young man that cannot watch a show where there's even you know a, a young lady that shows too much cleavage and that's going to lead you into temptation then don't watch that show you know, you may come mm -hmm. back to that 10 years from now, and that may not be the same temptation. Um, there have been certain television series where my wife Molly and I started watching it. We said, you know what? We can't do this right now. And we've come back and tried it again a year later. And at that point, it was a show we could watch. Um, a show that we, we stopped watching um, like five seasons in that I wanted to keep watching was Mad Men. Um, mm. Mad Men is just an yeah, incredible show. But there were certain things that happened in later seasons where my wife said, I, I just can't do this anymore. And that was hard. I was like, oh, we got to finish the series. <laughs> um, but we, we stopped watching it, and right. I, I have no regrets now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think we also have a tendency to be like, well, there's no overt sexuality. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there's no overt, you know, whatever undertones or yep. whatever. I guess it couldn't be an overt undertone, but you yeah. know what I mean. Um, and we, we make excuses like that when in reality the, the content um, is – actively leading me somewhere other than yeah. I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I think Mad Men is one of them. Like, there is a lot of sex in there. Yeah, there is. Um, but, but you can make, you know, if you can even say, like, oh, I won't watch those scenes. And it's still going, like, the messaging, the themes, like, all of that is, it's, maybe that's not the best example, but it is legitimately, like, it's that, that anti-rest, that self-glorification yeah. lifestyle, you know? And um, if you consume enough of it, it will start to change the way you perceive the real world and yep. perceive life. And um, the other thing that I think about a lot is um, the ratio 
right? And you don't want to get too into ratios because then you start to like again justify. Yep, yep. You start to it's make God again. part of your part of your life, but not the whole thing. Yeah. But um, you think about how much time do I spend meditating yeah. on the Word? How much do I, time do I spend with God? And then how many hours do I spend watching yeah. TV and, and all I that? I spend kind twenty of hours stuff? a week on Netflix and one hour a week in Bible class. I'm right. going to be That's influenced gonna, by the twenty. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's not yep. going to balance out. So uh, kind of like um, the rule about friends, right? The, the five people you spend the yep. most time with are the yep. ones you Will most influence you. you the most uh, the ones that you reflect the most mm-hmm. is that you're going to look like them it's the same thing goes with our consumption of media yep. like it's a diet you know what am i putting in uh, is going to what i'm putting in is going to affect what comes out Definitely. yeah so we got to talk about manhood this is a masculinity yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. so the first thing i would ask is uh, um, first of all why is a thing like this good like we are at a this is i think this is the biggest one around yeah. at least in our circles yeah why is this? Why is there such a draw to something like this? Yeah, that men would give up a Saturday to come sit in rooms you know, and listen to other guys talk. I, I think, at their core, most men that are Christians want to live a God-pleasing life and want to grow in their lives of sanctification. They want to um, dig deeper in what it means to be fully justified in Christ. And I, I'm always just blown away that yeah, 600 plus men will take time out of their lives to come and go to six hours of keynotes and, and workshops right. and just be fed by God's word. But what a cool thing that is. Um, that's the kind of men that God wants us to be as we grow and as we nurture our families. And so, you know, it's neat to see here at Men of His Word that, you know, there's grandfathers and sons and grandsons here. And every time I run into a, a high school student, I give them a high five and say, hey, well done, you know, why, why are you here? And they said, well, somebody invited me. And they said, this would be cool. And I'm like, that's awesome that you're already yeah. owning your faith. I, I think that that's another another concept. It's these men of the word, are they're making their faith their own. Um, I, I think it's very easy to fall into a routine or habit where your faith is your parents' faith or your faith is your grandparents' faith. And you kind of go through the motions of doing the church thing. But it's easy sometimes even to go to public worship and just go through the motions without ever owning it for yourself and this this is an opportunity for these guys to do that and build each other up you know i I run into classmates that i haven't seen in years um members of former congregations and things like that and just a way to give each other a hug and say how how are things going and build each other up just a wonderful opportunity yeah, I, I love it. I, I, there's, there's, uh, the reality is that masculinity is something that's learned, right? Like manhood is something actively learned from other men and from our creator from yeah. whom we draw identity, right? It, who He created us in his own image. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you don't interact with other men, you're not going to be whole mm. yeah. as a man. Yeah. And this is a big part of that. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. 
Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.